everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, Episode 25, Digital Citizenship, for December 9th, 2010. This week we have a, uh, a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and I know Sean's as well, something that we've mentioned on this show many times as uh, being uh, something that we think is important but often neglected uh, in the uh, education technology world, and that is the concept of digital citizenship. Uh, we are all taught to be good citizens of our respective countries. Um, here in the U.S., certainly uh, here in Texas. I don't know about other schools, but uh, I know my kids bring home a report card, and one of the categories on the report card is citizenship. They get a grade for citizenship. They're all in elementary, so it's like S for satisfactory or N for needs improvement. But it's one of those things that that is covered here at the school where we work <clears throat> Uh, there's a program called, uh, uh, character counts. Uh, and, and we, we really talk about these things a lot, particularly at the early, er, early age, but even later on when you get into high school, uh, you, you talk about civics, uh, and you, you take a class in government and those sort of things. And, and so we, we're busy about the business of teaching our students to be good citizens. But we ignore the fact that they we need to teach them how to be digital citizens sometimes. And so uh, our guest for today is um, Dr. Mike Ribble, and uh, uh, I'll let him give you a more full introduction later on. Uh, but uh, Dr. Ribble is uh, a man who has uh, written a couple of books on the subject, who uh, ha- is working to um, assemble the definitive work on the concept of digital citizenship. It's a, a new uh, field of study, and, and he's one of the vanguards in it. We're uh, honored to have him with us uh, today. He couldn't be with us a couple of weeks ago because he was in Washington doing something there far more important than what we were doing at the time. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> So uh, we're really uh, honored to have those sort of guy, uh, the sort of caliber of guests on, and uh, and so uh, uh, we won't keep him waiting too long. But Sean had a, a we're we're nearing the Christmas season, and Sean had a free Christmas tip of the week. He wanted to give right. Me. I wanted to throw that out there. I also just uh, you know you were talking about how fortunate we are to have such great guests, and we just got to have some some great guy doing that kind of work for us. I, I don't know who that guy it's, is. It's pretty but... amazing. <laughs> you know, I gave you this perfect this well not perfect but this really good intro right and i just threw you right in there and you took the time to stop and be arrogant that was that was really impressive that's the kind of guy i am you had to get the old pat on the back in there right no uh, in all seriousness sean is the 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 pre-show guy he goes out and rounds up our guests and makes contact with them and i'm the post-show guy i do the editing and all that sort of stuff and and uh together we work really well and and uh we wouldn't have the uh the guests on that we do uh without sean so yeah pat on your back uh yeah and i'll give you one right back because i wouldn't want to switch places with you <laughs> all the all the post-production work is uh mind-bending so uh while it can be frustrating to track down some some people like uh dr uh, dr ribble which you know these people obviously have uh uh they're, they're busy you know they're doing great things they're out there doing uh great work and uh, they, they stay very busy in doing that and you know it's funny how often we talk to these people and they're still working in education, you know, uh, because it seems like once you, you've uh, gotten to that level and you're, you're a doctor and you've written books on subjects and uh, that you wouldn't still be down there working in education. And yet they are uh, so truly dedicated people. And uh, we love them. We love right. them. Glad to have them on. Uh, yeah. So let me get to my uh, – yeah, I couldn't really, you know, with good faith, throw it out there as a tip of the week, but it's something I wanted to mention. And now is really the time to mention it. Uh, for anybody out there that has kids, 
if you're a teacher, especially in elementary, okay, the kids have got to still believe in Santa. Well, not necessarily because I had fun with this. It's still fun. It is still fun. But uh, portablenorthpole.tv, and uh, we'll have a link to this in the show notes. You got to go check this out. It's really, it's quite amazing. And I can't wait to see what they do. It's a different version every year. But what you do is you go in there and you you uh, kind of fill out a little questionnaire and uh, you put in the name of your kid and whether it's a boy or a girl and you f- give them a couple other basic uh, little tidbits of information and uh, it th- they put together this personalized video from Santa to your child and. I know what you're thinking is it's going to come across real choppy and it's going to look stupid. This, they do a great job. They really do. It's a it's an amazing job, and you're sitting there and you just cannot believe uh, what they're doing. So I haven't gone and looked at it yet. I'm going to do it probably this week. Uh, but what I did is I went and did one for uh, for my four year old uh, last year. Of course, she was three then, and. Uh, she just couldn't get over it. I mean, she just wanted to watch that thing endlessly. And it's about, I don't know, maybe a 30 second video. Uh, but, uh, go check it out. If you got kids or if you got teachers that are dealing with small, small children, uh, you definitely got to check this one out. It's worth, uh, it's worth the stop by. And even, you know, if you throw your wife's name in there and, you know, do it for your wife or something, uh, she'll get a kick out of it. Right. As well. They have three different levels. They have, uh, uh, toddlers and children and, and grownups. And there, there's some funny things in there for grownups. That's really- right. I, I do. I did forget about that. Yeah, they've got an older version as well. Right, and so uh, you could uh, have Santa send a, a message to your whole class, uh, and and you know, you're you're certainly your kindergarten pre K kids would eat that up. And hey, it's really clever how they do it. You know, Santa's got the big beard that just happens to cover his lips, so right. you can't see what he's saying. <laughs> right. So you can just see that he's moving his head, yeah. and they could just put whatever they want to in there behind it, which works really well. Yeah, they did genius work with this. And yeah, because it, it, hello, Gracie. You know, it'll say. And you, you, yeah, he could be saying, Hey, Joe, whatever, you right. don't know, but, uh, it's well thought out, definitely. And I'm looking at it now, and, uh, it's, uh, Santa hasn't changed. It's the same guy from last year, too. So, uh, there's some continuity it there. It may be the same footage from last year. You never know. <laughs> it, it might very well be. That's why I, I hate to say that, uh, you know, I, I know, uh, last year they, they had changed it every year. It looks like just based off of the footage, the little bit of clip that they've got there, that it's, uh, it's new footage from last year. But, but hey, 57. 7,000 people on Facebook like it. So, well, that's that's all you need to know. Right. All right. So, uh, that that's it. That's all I wanted to throw out there. Not a whole lot else. I guess we uh, we've got a long interview uh schedule for the show here. I think we got a lot to talk about so we can just jump into that. I don't have anything, so we'll just move right in and uh, introduce you to our guest and uh, uh we'll get straight to it. And uh, joining us today is uh, Dr. Mike Ribble, uh, who uh, uh, is the Director of Technology of the Manhattan Ogden School District in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, uh, Mike, I'm just going to leave that little introduction uh, from me and and let you go from there. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, professionally and and your experience with and and, uh, passion for digital citizenship. Oh, sure. And thank you both for having me on today. I uh, appreciate the time. Uh, you know, I'm a lifelong educator. Come from long line of educators. Uh, my mother, grandmother, aunts and uncles, all uh, in the field. Uh, started off in uh, digital citizenship uh, pretty early on, uh, when uh, I was even uh, working as a, uh, a school administrator. I did uh, some. Uh, so work as a uh, science teacher and 
and ethics and uh, appropriate use of technology was always uh, sort of forefront in my mind. I did a short stint even uh, as a network admin uh, for a community college and then decided to go back to school and work on my uh, doctorate and uh, my dissertation. And it was it was interesting. I was uh, helping out uh, Dr. Jared Bailey, who uh, co-authored on the first book, and he was uh, talking to a group of uh, graduate students, and he happened to mention the term digital citizenship. And so I stopped him after the class, and I said, you know, what uh, what were you talking about? And this is this is almost seven years ago when he uh, sort of dropped that uh, idea about digital citizenship, and and he he just kind of had a just a general idea of the talking about appropriate use, talking about how people use technology, and and at that time, you know, there wasn't a whole lot you know, about ethics and use of uh, uh, technology appropriately. It had to do more with you know. Let's get the computers in the classroom. Let's let's you know let's explore. Let's do a lot of things, and and that got us started. But uh, the digital citizenship piece uh, was uh, what I wanted to move on with my uh, dissertation work. So uh, from that first uh, class that I helped with Dr. Bailey, we kind of took off from there, and I just started to uh, break down the idea of uh, becoming a citizen in a digital world. And so that was really what the uh, original idea with digital citizenship was. Um, how do we interact? How do we uh, behave in a digital society? And um, I took all the, you know, the term digital, uh, both digital and citizenship, broke it down. Um, then when I started to look at the entire concept, what I did was I said, okay, what what does it take to be a citizen? What are the what are the essential elements? And then how does that relate with a digital society? And so I started to take all the different issues and uh, discussion points and and started to sort of just uh, collect that information. And after two years of collecting information, I started to divide it up into different categories and that's really where the nine elements came from was that uh, distilling of all those ideas, concepts, uh, um, issues, uh, problems, anything that we could that we could get our hands on and really just taking that and saying okay let's let's start looking at this and putting these into categories that make sense and then that's really what we started with and and it's uh, you know become uh, fairly popular. I I get a lot of correspondence, email, uh, calls uh, from different uh, school districts, uh, higher ed uh, that uh, are using the information, and they're saying you know the the nine elements really encompass the the main topics that they want to cover, and so um, it's uh, that's pretty much where it started from. You've had a uh, number of different jobs over the years, uh, all within education, uh, a biology teacher, principal, network manager, um, <clears throat> worked at a, a, a university. Uh, in which 
of these roles did the idea of digital citizenship seem the most uh, prevalent? I mean, right now you're a, a network uh, director, right? Uh, you, the same job that I have, right? You're sure. uh, uh, you're in charge of, of uh, probably it's a more administrative level and you have uh, guys below you who do all the, the, the grunt work, right? That's, that's the assumption sure. I'm making. Um, <laughs> Is is the 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 role of fostering digital citizenship? Is that an administrative job? Is that a classroom job? Is it all of the above? Um, uh, have you moved on from that now that you're no longer in the classroom, or is it even more important now that you're no longer in the classroom? Oh, I think uh, you know. To the your first part, you know, when was it the most important? I think probably today, and um, uh, even though I'm not out in the classroom. Um, I have the advantage uh, with doing some traveling. I kind of I travel around the country, uh, doing some presentations about digital citizenship. Um, I'm able to get into the classroom and talk to people, and also uh, work with classroom teachers to talk about you know these issues and elements, so that they can start to see how is that important and how are they to. Uh, deal with that, you know, as they, as they uh, work day-to-day with these students because, you know, when we first talked about digital citizenship, you know, we received a little bit of pushback because it was, well, are you talking about one more class? Are you going to talk about, you know, that you've got to teach a whole other piece? So is it going to be reading, writing, arithmetic, and ethics or... Uh, digital citizenship or whatever you're going to do. And, you know, that's, that's the part that we've been struggling with of how do we integrate this into the schools? And it, it's, it's actually exciting for me to see that, that it is important to people. And how do we make this a part of everyday life? And, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, possibly starting as early as the kindergarten level and uh, begin uh, uh, sharing this information at that level and building on it. Yeah, and uh, that really gets me to thinking uh, because you bring up a good point there, and I'm kind of curious if uh, I know this is something that schools are just now really uh, wrestling with and starting to really – maybe start to think more seriously about uh, is, is that something that you're seeing uh, that there's a solution coming up now that, that people are embracing or is it something that uh, everybody's still kind of wrestling with? Is there, is there one good way that you uh, kind of advise schools to go as far as uh, teaching that curriculum, I guess? Uh, we don't have a one good way yet, but that's, that's part of uh, this group that I'm uh, working with and, uh, um, D.C. in two weeks, uh, it's the beginning. Um, when I was in D.C. Uh, beginning of November, uh, Pew Internet Research uh, does a lot of school research uh, piece. They signed a contract uh, or signed with a project with uh, Cable in the Classroom to work on specifically digital citizenship. So they're working on helping to put together a curriculum for digital citizenship. So how do we start it? Where do we begin? How do we begin, you know, moving this out of discussion mode into let's get it out into the classroom 
And I think that's, we, we're, we're to the point where I think we're, we're done talking about it. I think we have a pretty good handle on, you know, what are the pieces? What are the elements? Now let's start deciding how are we going to show that? And I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that, you know, this is the time that uh, we really need to jump into uh, the, the discussion of let's get it out and let's not just talk about it anymore. And that's, that's sort of been my, about the last two years since we came out with the parent book um, that we really started to talk about, okay, where can we move to next? What's the next piece? And really it was, let's get it to the students. And that's, that's where I'm coming from now. Uh, I think it's a, a good time, and we actually haven't really mentioned this yet, but you, you are uh, either the author or co-author of uh, two books on the subject, uh, Digital Citizenship in Schools and Raising a Digital Child. Now, uh, I, the way you just referenced them there, I'm, I'm taking that uh, one is maybe geared more towards educators and one's more towards the family? Oh, most definitely. The uh, Digital Citizenship in Schools, of course, was the the first book, and that's that is an offshoot of my dissertation work. That was, uh, I did what was called a R&D, a research and development uh, dissertation, created that book out of it. And I was very lucky. I was, it was at a time I, I spoke to uh, the editors at ISTE, and they were very, very interested in the topic. And, and that's now we're going on three years since that original um, idea came out. And so they... They really jumped on it quickly, and um, so I was very happy about that. But the parent book was actually the one that I wanted to do first because I felt like the parents were probably even more lagging behind than some of our teachers are, and they needed the resource probably as much or more so. And so that was, you know, they kind of went hand in glove. But as I said, we're really – we're kind of past, you know, doing the talking part, but I'll, I'll tell you that uh, I am working with ISTE right now, and uh, we're hoping in the spring we will have a second edition of the Digital Citizenship in Schools book out, uh, so it will be updated, uh, talking more about social networking and, uh, you know, some of the things that have come about in the last couple of years that, you know, a couple of years ago, we were uh, talking about uh, RSS feeds and those kinds of things. Didn't really take hold like we thought that they might have. And so we, we've kind of changed directions, talking, like I said, more about Facebook, uh, not really about MySpace, but social networking and, and where to go and how, how to uh, begin discussing that with students and what's appropriate. And then thinking about long term, about not just today, but thinking about down the road as well, and how do we start to get that across? Um, I, I thought it was uh, well. It's obviously a good point that you bring up as far as uh, you know, uh, schools having responsibility, parents having responsibility. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, two questions with regards to that, because uh, I don't even know exactly how I would answer this myself. But uh, how do you see that responsibility? Is that a, is that a fifty fifty kind of share where where both sides really need to be involved? Uh, do do should schools be teaching this? Uh, I kind of know. I, I think I know what your answer is to that. But uh, not only what is your answer, but kind of what are you seeing out there? Or or uh, you know, sometimes we see these things where kind of schools point the finger in the direction of the. Fi- 
of the family and say that this should be uh, taught at home. And then uh, the family's pointing the finger at the school district saying, well, no, this should be taught in school. So uh, what do you think and what are you seeing out there? Uh, I would agree with you. Um, you know, to me, it's probably a shared uh it's really going to depend on your district. Um, some districts are going to want, uh, you know, parents to take more of this lead. Uh, some districts are going to want uh, the schools to take more of a lead. So I would say somewhere between the 40 to 60 percent uh, range that, uh, you know, as far as one versus another taking taking the lead. Uh, what we're seeing, um, we're really attacking it from uh, both prongs. Uh, most of the places that I do presentations, I'll do presentations for teachers, but uh, I'll always uh, have one that will have a fair number of parents that will be added as well. So we try to not uh, negate one for the other, but really try to balance both of them so that, you know, they see that there, there's an importance. And and I know that there's, you know, a lot of parents out there that see it as important. But, you know, in this uh, day and age, it's it's hard to vie for time with everything else that goes on. So, you know, that was sort of my hope was maybe we could get some of that information out in uh, book form or article form that, you know, maybe it will pique some people's interest. And then the parents will start saying, hey, I heard about this or I read about this and, and, you know, let, you know, we need to be talking about it in our school because, you know, we, we know some of it, but our kids are coming home and they've got a little bit different uh, view on it. So we need to be talking together. And, and as, you know, as an administrator, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, trying to balance that uh, home versus school uh, relationship. And, and it, uh, it does become uh, difficult. And as I said, uh, before the the uh, show started, I've got uh, two teenagers myself, and uh, it's uh, it can be interesting at times that uh, you know how to uh, talk about these issues, but also uh, uh, get them involved because uh, in a few years they're going to be out there and they're going to have to start making some of those decisions. Mike, you mentioned er- uh, mentioned earlier that when you first brought it up with your uh, teachers or whatnot, they were, they were thought, you know, is this another thing we're going to have to teach, another grade we're going to have to give? Uh, that's an interesting question. Is it, is this a separate topic or should this be rolled into the, uh, the citizenship, uh, that we're already teaching? I mean, we already teach government classes and civics classes, um, and we ignore the digital and we talk about how laws are made and that's all good. And we talk about how to follow those laws and that's all good, but we don't talk about, uh, the digital side of that is that something that you think should be separated or should it be rolled into uh, these other curriculum areas I really believe it should all be uh, part of the curriculum all the way across because you know what they're doing at home or they're doing on their smartphones is not something separate to them they're not um, seeing this as another part of their life they this is how they communicate this is how they interact this is you know, what they're, you know, they see as their, um, what they're doing um, as far as uh, communication, interaction, uh, you know, uh, you know what they're displaying as far as, you know, if they're creating movies or whatever it might be. So that's why I believe that it, it, it's, it has to start fairly young, but I think we need to scaffold this so that, 
you know, we're not just trying to throw all of these uh, elements at them at one time. And and one piece that I'm working on, and and I've I've shown it in a couple of different places. I don't uh, I don't have it here right now, but uh, you know, I've talked about uh, scaffolding starting at say the kindergarten level, and we begin talking about communication, and we don't necessarily have to talk about all the aspects of digital communication. But we begin to talk about, you know, if you have a cell phone, you know, when is the appropriate time? You know, you don't get it out during class. You don't get it out, you know, when you're, you know, having, you know, time with your friends. But, you know, there are times when you may have to communicate with your parents or you may have to, uh, you know, you may have to get picked up by a older sibling or, you know, something along those lines. So, I think, you know, we can build this, you know, when we talk about digital communication, which is one of the nine elements, we can build that into our language arts uh, area because I think that, you know, this is what they're using to communicate. Um, if I want to get a hold of my kids, uh, it's uh, not by picking up the phone. I text them, and uh, that's about the only way my son will ever respond to me is, if I send him a text, he'll send me a text right back. <laughs> but if I try to call him, I don't ever get a phone call back. But uh, but that's the way he communicates. So I think it really needs to be in you know integrated within the whole system of uh, education, and and that's going to be the the hard part of it because we're going to have to start showing where does that match up. And and I think you hit it right on the head with this whole citizenship piece because. You know, we talk about in our schools about, you know, you know, you're a part of a community, you know, whether it's a classroom or a city or a state or whatever it might be. I think there's, you know, we're talking about a community of digital users as well. So I believe it all needs to be integrated. Great stuff. Uh, I'm kind of curious, and uh, you know, you, we've touched on the fact that you've got nine elements of digital citizenship there, and I don't want to. Uh, obviously, we don't need to detail every single one. Uh, we'll sure. leave some some stuff uh, to the curiosity of the listeners, so they can go out and buy the book. Uh, but uh, there's, uh, if you might touch on just a couple of the the high points there, uh, I, I think uh, to start off uh, the the first one, etiquette is is obviously a big one and kind of encompasses a lot of things there. Uh, but you've also got some other ones such as uh, digital law and uh, uh, security, self-protection. Uh, so uh, if you could just maybe uh, touch on uh, some of the high points there in your nine elements. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, I just mentioned about communication. Uh, you know, we're all about communication right now, whether it's on cell phone or uh, like your website, uh, you know, whether it's uh, video or audio or, you know, uh, people are, you know, they're, you know, kids are real big into YouTube and creating videos. So, you know, any way that they could communicate, you know, Facebook, whatever. So I think we need to uh, begin to discuss, you know, when it's appropriate to use different tools. And I think that, uh, like I said, my 17-year-old son is beginning to learn that, you know, uh, even though a lot of colleges, universities are very much into uh, um, Facebook and, uh, you know, they have uh, – Twitter pages and all of that, a lot of his communication between the universities that he's looking at have all been email still, which, uh, you know, for his uh, age group, email seems kind of slow. It's kind of old technology. Oh, it's old stuff, you know. 
So, you know, they're, uh, but they're still asking them to use that because that's their mode of communication to get, uh, you know, signed up, you know, through admissions, all of that's all through e- via email. So communications, we could go in a, a jillion different directions. Uh, you touched about etiquette. Etiquette, of course, you know, we still see it today, you know, even though we get the, the little uh, happy dancing uh, cell phone on the screen at the movie theater, we still <laughs> hear cell phones ringing, you know, and uh, people still do pick them up and actually have conversations on their cell phone during a movie. You know, I, I think we need to get past that, you know, it's it's just us when we have our you know, digital technology, whether it's a cell phone or iPad, you know, whatever it might be, we need to realize that there are other people around us as well, that we need to keep those, you know, the other people in mind as as opposed to just ourselves. Well, not only do they uh, talk on the phone, but they talk loudly on the phone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Nobody I can talk at a normal not- level when they're talking into a cell phone. I think they believe it's still like 1997 or something, and maybe they're trying to call back to there. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, you know, we we you know we still see that, and and it it floors me a little bit that you know we haven't sort of come past that. You know that that we still have people that don't think about. It. Other people. I want to cherry pick a little bit here sure. and, and skip down uh, and kind of roll a few together there. You've got uh, uh, commerce and law and rights and responsibilities, and, and I want to throw all three of those together into one term, uh, sure. file sharing. Exactly. Um, uh, <laughs> there you, know, you go. That, yeah. that is an issue of digital citizenship that uh, you know probably the vast majority of people in the world don't seem to see as a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just like the most people in the world don't see speeding as a problem, right? That's a criminal activity, but nobody thinks of it as such. And I think that, uh, uh, stealing music off of whatever service you might like is become the digital equivalent of speeding. It's something that we all know in the back of our head is wrong, but we don't really worry about it. And, and I, I've addressed that, uh, you know, I had a, I was over in Warsaw last year at the American school there. And one of the teachers uh, stood up and said, you know, the, the kids know that they can do it. It's, it's available. They, they can, you know, it's, it's accessible. You know, why, you know, why should we tell them to stop? And I said, well, you know, very much like your example of speeding, I, I said, you know, I can get in my car and I can drive it into the front of a building. It doesn't mean that it's really a good idea that I probably should do it. You know, so, you know, there's a lot of things we can do. But I think that we need to think about what, you know, why we're doing it. And, you know, I, I happened to be eavesdropping and they were fairly loud. I happened to hear a couple of college students in the university in our city and they were talking about their, uh, uh, LimeWire account. And, and this girl was moving from one computer to another and she was afraid she was going to lose her thousands of music downloads that she had, uh, she had received from the file sharing uh, site LimeWire. And so I, I I didn't say anything. I probably should have said something to the girl. But, uh, you know, you hear about that on, on a regular basis that, you know, they're, they just see it as a commodity and, and that, you know, they're not, they don't see it as stealing because those bits and pieces that we get from the Internet uh, don't feel real to us. They just seem like, uh, little bits of air that we're sort of taking away 
and it's not going to hurt anybody if we just, you know, pull out these these few pieces and and no one's ever going to know. It's that old intellectual property argument. When I steal an MP3, I haven't taken anything physical. That other person still has it. You know, if I could copy your car and drive off with it, would you really be as concerned? Right, because I haven't yeah. stolen your car, you still have your car. Uh, That's right. And and what they what is difficult for people to understand, and and you know here I'm a content producer, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have concerns about this from the other side of it. Is sure. if if people uh, what they don't seem to understand is it's a a loss of potential revenue. And, exactly. And it, I guess my question, uh, if I have one, is <laughs> can we? drive that point home in a more effective way or is it is it just not possible do we need to do the economics need to shift to the mindset rather than the other way around well and i tend to think because you know uh dealing with kids that uh it it seems like even up through the teenage years that they don't really grasp that you know well what affects somebody else but you know it doesn't really uh, hurt me and uh it's more self-centered and it seems like our society is going more that direction so uh i wonder how do you address that and uh, or is it just a uh, you know there's got to be this mighty leather covered fist that comes down out of the sky and uh you know how do you address that i i think you have to start early and you know um thank goodness i also i have a wife of 19 years that's also an educator she teaches uh third grade and having been uh, so blessed to have uh, been married to me all these years, uh, she has been uh, privy to all of my books and things beforehand because uh, she was an English major. So uh, I, I uh, allow her to uh, do some editing for me uh, that uh, she was able to, and she had a situation where a student brought in a music CD to her classroom and wanted my wife to copy it at her school computer. And instead of my wife just saying, okay, just, Johnny, we can't do that now. We'll just go ahead and put that in your book bag. And, and, and she took that teachable moment and stopped and talked to the class about copyright and talked to them about, you know, um, ownership and, and, you know, the, the pieces of, you know, that that actually belongs to somebody that she was able to spend that time. And I think if teachers, more teachers knew the the more intricacies of what digital citizenship is, that they could begin to address these in the classroom. So when it comes up and little Johnny comes up and says, you know, can you copy this CD for me? They do have an answer. They do. They can say you know, this is the reason why, as opposed to, oh, you know, you know, we, we just aren't going to address this. We're, let's just put that away. Well, let me just attack that for just a minute. Let's talk about those teachers and stop laying it all on the feet of our students. Sure. Um, how many thousands of illegal copies of Paint Shop Pro exist in the world? Or how exactly. many, how many uh, illegal uh, copies of, of workbooks have been photocopied? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I think the issue is that um, it's not so much that uh, our students are uh, lost, a uh, lost in generation it's that our teachers don't get it either and so you have the you know i I hate to use the tired uh term digital immigrants and digital natives it 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 really doesn't have anything to do with digital you have people who are not entirely forthright 
standing up in front of their students every day. And, and whether it's out of ignorance or apathy, uh, the fact remains that, that digital citizenship is, is the, the responsibility of every person within a school. And, and I think, is it, is it an education problem or is it an apathy issue? I, I think you're right. I think it's more of an apathy issue. I don't think it's an education issue. I, I think that, uh, you know, we've been talking about plagiarism since way before when I was in school. So, you know, we've been talking about taking other people's material and, and using it as our own. So this, to me, is not a new issue. You know, it's changed forms, and it's made it so much easier. I mean, if you want to go out to the Internet and copy and paste something into a uh, uh, paper, it has become so much easier. I mean, when I used to have to get the World Book out and copy in my own handwriting, you know, sections out of the world book, that was pretty tough. There was there was some some work to be done there. But, you know, these kids, you know, they can copy and but you're right, the teachers, you know, they've been sort of told that, you know, in education we're so poor, you know, we don't have the resources, you know, then we you know, we should be able to get and use whatever we want. And and we've always talked about, you know, Things like the 10% rule, you know, that right. you can use 10% of a, of a work or whatever. And I sat on a panel about four years ago and there was lawyers on it and they clarified that the, the, the 10% rule does not exist in the law. It's just something we made up to sort of fit what the law was trying to get across. So, you know, it's, it's more to the point of, you know, we, we believe that, you know, we, we have to have these tools. So, you know, we'll get them at whatever, whatever cost we have to. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious. This is, uh, I think the last one we'll touch on, but, uh, uh, going on to another part of the nine elements is, uh, digital security. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that, you know, in the most basic form, that just means keeping kids safe online. But uh, I think it encompasses a lot more than that uh, when we talk about, uh, well, and maybe this goes with health and wellness too, but, uh, you know, there's also just the, the fact of maybe some of the things that you should and shouldn't put out or should or shouldn't put out there about yourself, uh, it, even if it's uh, not necessarily a security problem, but also just an image problem. Uh, so uh, talk a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, that seems to be one of the maybe newer concepts that you don't see so much being addressed uh, in education at all. They're not really they talk more about copyright and they uh, talk more about, you know, how you treat others. But uh, this is a, a good topic that we also need to be teaching, right? Oh, most definitely. They, each one of these has so many different layers that we could talk about. And, and you hit on it as well. A lot of these um, issues have a lot of uh, bleed over into different topics because um, different technologies have different uses. And so there's a lot of movement back and forth between them. But Exactly. I mean, the security does talk a lot about not just um, whether or not you're safe online, but what you're sharing, what information. But it even begins to talk about uh, things like uh, if you share a file, you know, is it infected with a virus? Have you are you keeping up your antivirus protection on your computer so that 
you're thinking about the larger group so that if I'm protected, then I help to protect the rest of the society. So, you know, everything that's in the nine elements really goes back to talking about the society as a whole, talking about how we interact as digital citizens, that that we the things that we do online or we do with technologies is not uh, in isolation. It's It has to do with each other. So we really have to think about other people when we talk about digital citizenship. Let me tell you a, <clears throat> a funny story uh, that loosely relates to that. I have a, a neighbor down the street who's an, an older gentleman um, and uh, uh, goes to church with me. He's, he's in my circle of friends in a number of different ways. And uh, one time uh, a while back he was uh, bragging to me about the fact that he's had a computer for uh, X number of years and have, has never had a, any antivirus on it and he's never had a virus. <laughs> and I, I said to him, if you've never had an antivirus, you have a virus. Yep. Uh, and he said, well, nobody's ever, you know, sent me, uh, told me they're getting spam from me or, or anything like that. I, I've never gotten any warnings. I said, well, here, I, I introduced him to, uh, you know, a free tool out there and said, uh, try this, put it on your computer. If it doesn't find anything, great. You know, that, that's wonderful. Uh, if it does, you know, then you're a little better off. He came to me uh, a few days later and said, yo, I put that on there and it found something like 17,000 viruses. <laughs> now my computer runs a lot better. But oh, yeah. you know what else? My spam content went way down. His sure. machine, you know, I was one of his contacts, right? His machine was spamming me every day. So it, it goes into that, what you were talking about. When you take care of yourself, you take care of your others as well. So exactly. when, when I encouraged him to put some protection on his machine, it was in a backwards way, a self-serving act. Exactly. That's really what we should be looking at. How do we serve each other as well? Well, yeah, and I, I think uh, that's really, uh, that's becoming more and more important. In my view, uh, it seems like, as we move towards these digital formats of communication that uh, we're becoming more self-centered. You know, it's all about me. When can I get what I want when I want it? Uh, and I expect it now. And uh, it, it seems like that all, all that focus is just going towards the individual and we're losing sight of these things. So uh, uh, I, I think this last one is, is probably one of the more important ones and, and really just the overall, like you said, trying to see the world as a community again. And uh, really the funny thing about uh, all of the technology is the fact that it's breaking down borders and now uh, it's becoming a global community, but uh, yet we seem to be shifting towards the individual. It is. And we do need to talk about that on a global scale. You know, uh, it's, it's sometimes difficult in the classroom to think, uh, you know, the entire world, but you're exactly right. You know, tools like Skype, uh, uh, different video chat, uh, you know, you can have communication, you can have interaction with people just about any place across the globe. And it's just amazing how quickly we can pick that up. You know, it's funny. It made, just made me think about, uh, I don't remember, Mark, you might remember this or somebody in the chat room, uh, chat roulette. That's what it made me think of. And I've seen several videos of, uh, of people doing the chat roulette thing. And it's funny because it almost looks like a kid learning to walk or, or learning to talk. It's like this new form of, uh, some weird form of communication that they just, you know, you can see the wheel, the wheels turning and they're just not quite getting it. And, uh, you can see they're trying to figure it out all along. And of course, uh, we don't need to talk about what you might see on chat roulette, but, um, 
yeah, it, it, it's just it's all mind bending, and I, I just wonder where uh, you know where education is going to be able to go with that because it seems to me like uh, we're still far behind the power curve and have a lot of work to do uh, training teachers and staff and getting curriculum in place and uh, how how you know what what's your time frame just looking ahead how many years do you think it is before we're really truly uh, you know ready to deal with this I you know. I'm always an optimist. I, I, I hope that it's, it's sooner than later. Um, you know, I'm, I would like to see in the next, uh, you know, two, maybe three years that we have something, at least in the, in the early stages of getting out to the, the schools and the districts and, and saying, you know, you know, whether it's the nine elements or if we're working off of, you know, something else, you know, I just want to see something get out there so that, we can begin the process because, you know, we're seeing this younger and younger. You know, I mentioned kindergarten before, and and when I first wrote this book, you know, seven years ago, people used to ask me what it was, you know, the age group, and I always, you know, talked more about seven through twelve, and and really, you know, this has really shifted down to down into the grade school because you know we've got kindergartners that are coming to school with cell phones already. And I think they need to, to understand that they're maybe not perhaps rules, but at least some, I, uh, some groundwork that needs to be done to, to let them know that when it is appropriate, when we should be doing things and, and that it's not always, always on, that we do have to unplug and, and we have to go out and play recess and do those things and, and not worry about, uh, you know, uh, tweeting somebody, uh, you know, during that time. So, you know, we need to balance those things. And, and I, I think that, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough road for kids because, you know, they see all these tools and, and we have, you know, all the amenities. My son has an Xbox and he's done the online, you know, game playing. And, you know, there's just, there's just so many tools and, a, and access available that, that I would I would think it'd be hard to be a kid today, just the amount of access and the amount of um, distractions that are available. That uh, my second grader put uh, a cell phone on her Christmas list to Santa uh, just just last weekend, and uh, um, <clears throat> it brings up an interesting question that sort of ties into what we're talking about. Uh, you've done a lot of. Uh, um, research and and study on this subject do you think that that technology is growing faster than society are yes. are we able to catch up with ourselves i i think it's going to be difficult because you know as even as a tech uh, director you know I, I had thought at one point you know maybe this would all slow down and it's done just the opposite uh you know we went past uh, desktops to laptops and this last year we saw netbooks, and now uh, I just had a meeting this morning with our superintendent, and it seems the the wish list on everybody's list here in our school district is iPads in our district. So um, you know that's uh, it, it just continues to grow, and in everything I read and and uh, try to keep up with, both for my professional and for uh, my digital citizenship work, keeps showing me that. You know, we're going to have more and more of these tools out there. Um, you know, cause I mean, I'm an iPhone guy. I've, I have an iPhone and, 
and I use, you know, many different kinds of apps that are on it. You know, when I was in uh, Washington, you know, I didn't even get my laptop out because I could do uh, Google Docs and I could uh, work on my on my uh, talk on it as opposed to getting my laptop out. It was just faster and easier. So it's just it's just it's accelerating. You're not allowed to mention iDevices in Sean's presence. <laughs> oh, I didn't warn you that ahead of time. I, um, I, I, I should have I should have asked. I, I'm the know. resident I hater. No, no, no. It, it's a running joke of ours, really. <laughs> but, hey, the, the Android is is very very similar in in a lot of features. So. Yeah, well, and you have to keep in mind we are the tightwad tech, so we uh, okay. we yeah we tend to gravitate more towards Android devices. But no, we we certainly understand uh, what you're saying there, sure. uh, and just giving you a hard time. Uh, but yep. I, I am curious because you brought that up there, and uh, it, it got me to thinking. Uh, so you know, you're doing it. You're there. Uh, you're the mark. Okay, at your district, uh, you know how are you? He's how, better looking than I am. Well, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, just slightly though. <laughs> Don't want to agree too vigorously there, uh, but uh, it, you know we've we've fought the battle here at our district and it's you know whether whether to have things like facebook and twitter uh, uh, open or or to have them blocked and it's this constant battle with uh, you know should the tech guys be really doing classroom management uh, and we really fight against that uh, tooth and nail as much as we can of course we're going to do what we're told but uh, i'm curious how you're handling it there are you are you blocking all of that stuff or uh, you know in our opinion in our humble opinion i think i can speak for Mark as well is that a lot of that is classroom management, and uh, you know, so we prefer to be as hands off as possible. Uh, what are you doing there? Oh, I, I agree with you. Um, what uh, uh, what our firewall allows us to do is we're able to level um, uh, what restrictions at at different levels. So our elementary is a little more, uh, um, I guess, uh, blocked, if you would, but we have. Uh, we open up a little more to the middle school. We open up even more to the high school. Um, I, I, you know, when I first took over as tech director, you know, it was very much uh, my folks were, you know, block everything and then, you know, you know, we'll sort it out later. But, uh, you know, they've, uh, you know, come more to the realization, as you said, you know, that's a classroom management piece and that, you know, that's, that's something that the teachers need to deal with. And, but I think on the on the opposite side, we need to give them the tools and the and the professional development to know what they should be looking for as well. So you know, to to throw them out into the sharks is you know is not always preferable too because you know you know you know as being out in the classroom, it's uh, you know you've got a lot of stuff going on, and you know, when you're an elementary teacher and you got 25 kids going in 25 directions. Uh, you know, doing management on, you know, you know, 25 computers can be uh, interesting at best. So um, I agree. Uh, we're doing, like I said, we're doing sort of a hybrid. Uh, we have the ability to allow our teachers to uh, log into our firewall. They can access whatever they need so that if they need to research whatever, they can go out unimpeded so that they can see whatever they need to. So we, you know, we try to balance those two, and you know, I, I still, I guess, I, I'm, I'm still kind of an old, uh, 
kind of from the old school. I, I think that even for, especially for elementary, we need maybe some more like walled garden kinds of things, but sort of take down the walls as they get older. But on the same hand, we need to train them that how to begin to break down those walls so that we're just not saying, here, we're going to give you the world and not give you any kind of parameters or any kind of uh, understanding of what's out there. You know, you grow up in a big city, you grow up in uh, New York, Chicago, you know that there are certain parts of the city that you don't go to. You know, your parents tell you don't go there. You know, you, you know, other friends tell you. I think the same thing in the digital world. We need to do that as well. That's a very good point. I, I, I can definitely see that where, you know, you've got to, you really have to acclimate the kids to, uh, to that digital world as they, as they go on because it's a big scary place if you just turn it all on. <laughs> so, uh, outstanding. Uh, is, is there anything that we, uh, that we haven't covered that you wanted to, wanted to talk about? Oh, we covered quite a bit. Uh, I just, uh, you know, put in a little plug for, uh, uh, if you, if no one's seen it yet, the, uh, Online Safety Technology Working Group, uh, their report that came out, uh, uh, it's uh, living on, or, uh, uh, on a living uh, Internet. Uh, it's a report that was to the Commerce Department uh, that uh, really talks about uh, uh, digital citizenship pre-K through 12, and it also has digital literacy at those same levels as well. So uh, the, it's uh, a lot of people call it the Ostwig Report, uh, just the initials, Online Safety Technology Working Group. Uh, if you go under there, search for them, uh, you're going to find just an uh, immense amount of information, uh, some good research. Uh, it also talks about, uh, you know, sort of uh, putting some holes in uh, some things that we assumed, you know, the whole cyber uh, predator kind of thing, you know, that I think it got kind of blown out of proportion. And uh, they talk about that in the report that, you know, it happens. Don't get me wrong. The, 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 uh, stalking and things happen, but we also have to keep in mind that it may not be as big as we, you know, that we might be talking about. Um, if you have a link to that, if you could put it in our show notes, that would be great. Oh, sure. And we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and we do publish, uh, a, modified version of the show notes so of course any links that you have we'll go ahead and get uh we'll get up there uh as well as uh you have you've you got something there about digitine yes uh digitine uh you were uh, going to have one of their uh, founders uh on the show um and uh they uh they work with digital citizenship and they really base it on the nine elements the nice thing about Digitine is that it is a worldwide uh, consortium. So they're working with uh, people in Qatar, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, lots of different places. So uh, uh, I've been able to uh, hook up with them on on Skype, and we're hope we're trying to work out something. Uh, our uh, schedules just keep missing each other, but uh, uh, we're hoping to get something worked out so that. Uh, I can talk to their students that are in the Digitine project as well. Hey, Mike, do you know of any good books on the subject? <laughs> uh, I've heard of a couple. Um, where where uh, we, might we find a couple of good books on the subject of uh, digital citizenship? You might, uh, as I said, uh, you might look at uh, you know digital citizenship in schools. That was uh, uh, the first book uh, Dr. Bailey and myself 
Uh, you can go to the ISTE website, uh, that's ISTE.org, and go under publications. They just have, they've just come out with a new website. So if, if your folks haven't gone out to the ISTE website, they ought to go out and take a look at it. It looks really nice. Uh, they're uh, also at the same site, uh, uh, Raising a Digital Child. Uh, it's in an imprint of ISTE, which is called Homepage Books, uh, that they have it. Uh, if you are a uh, Amazon or a Barnes & Noble p- uh, person, uh, you can go to either one of those and get the book as well. Have you got a website or a blog or someplace where our, our listeners might find out sure. more about you? Uh, certainly. Uh, if you go to uh, www.digitalcitizenship.org, you can find uh, all the nine elements. Uh, I've got some uh, articles that uh, I've written uh, myself and co-authored, uh, uh, just some good resources there if, uh, if they want to take a look at them. Absolutely. I want to commend you on the site. It's nice and uh, it looks good, nice, simple. You got all the information there, and uh, it helped me in just pre- you know doing the prep work for the, uh, for the show. Right. I do all the lead-in prep work, so uh, a great website, digitalcitizenship.net. Org. Thank you. Org. I'm sorry. It's, a, it's actually both. You can go to you can go to .net or .org. Uh, you'll find the same thing. So. Oh, okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, well, Mike, if you don't have anything else, uh, we'll let you go on with your day. We appreciate your time, and uh, it was uh, interesting and informative. And, sure. Uh, uh, any final words of wisdom you'd like to leave us? Well, I'd just like to thank you both. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Sean, for having me. Um, you know, just uh, I'd like to let your listeners know that, you know, contact me if you have questions. Uh, I'm, I try real hard to get back with them just as quickly as possible. Uh, uh, as I said, I do have a day job, so uh, that keeps me a little bit busy, but uh, I do try to get out there and try to uh, uh, interact with people as well. All right. Dr. Mike Ribble, go buy his books. I'm hoping you're getting, you're getting some sort of royalties from those, right? I, I, I get a little bit. Yes, I do. Okay, thank good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, Dr. Mike, uh, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to maybe uh, talking to you again in the future. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, sir. And once again, that was Dr. Mike Ribble of digitalcitizenship.org or .net. Um, interesting stuff uh, about a subject that is uh, near and dear to our hearts here at Tightwad Central. Um, and I think that that's pretty much what we're calling it now, right? Ty- Taiwan yeah. Central. Well, you put it on the calendar there as Taiwan Central. <laughs> yeah, that's know? true. Right? Yeah, it says the location of all of our recordings is Taiwan <laughs> Central. Um, I'm not sure. And, and our listeners can see that, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Where would they go to find that? They would go to www. If no, you if you really H-T-T-P need that, TTP colon yeah slash slash dot com, and you can get all the information that you could possibly want about the tightwads. You've got our recording uh, uh, calendar and show notes and uh, episodes and all kinds of good stuff there. So, uh, yeah, check us out. All right. Uh, and so we'll just move right along to the uh, regularly scheduled tips of the 
week. Um, <laughs> did you like that? I did like that. There's a little extra flavor. Yeah. Big radio voice. Um, uh, this actually came up in a conversation I was having in the uh, chat room recently, uh, and uh, a fellow was looking for a way to uh, monitor his servers, and I thought, you know, I used to use a tool years ago. What was that called? And um, I went and looked it up, and it's called Servers Alive, a very simple name for uh, a very simple tool. Servers Alive, and again, the link will be uh, on the uh, website. It's at woodstone.nu. So uh, uh, it does one thing, and it does it uh, in a multitude of ways. Uh, You can uh, load up a list of IP addresses or web servers or whatever, and this thing on a schedule you set will check those things. So if it's a web server, you can have it check on port 80 and see if something answers. If it's a mail server, you can have it check on the mail port and see if it answers. If it's, if you just want to ping, just, Hey, are you still there? It'll do that. And uh, the free version, if I remember correctly, allows up to 10 servers. The paid version, uh, much, much more. Uh, but it will uh, generate, it'll send you an email or um, it'll uh, send you different alerts. It can uh, you uh, uh, output things to a website that you can check periodically, and it'll give you the status of your, of your uh, uh, servers. And it's a very simple tool, uh, Servers Alive, from uh, Woodstone uh, Consulting and Development. And again, the, the link for that, that will be, uh, um, on our show notes. It is a free tool in a limited form. Uh, I don't recall how much it is if you pay for it, but I don't think it's all that much. So if you've got a hundred servers you need to manage, you can pay for the full version and do that. It's a great tool. I used to use it a lot. Uh, I don't anymore, uh, mainly because we virtualize all our servers now and I can look at everything in one place. But, um, you know, if I had, a uh, hundred servers that were all running virtual servers, I might uh, uh, might want to go back to that. So check it out, Servers Alive. All right, I'll jump in here with the uh, the teacher tip. And uh, this is one that, you know, in doing the research for this show, uh, I just came across this site and decided to throw it in as a tip because it would seem like a really cool site. It is a commonsensemedia.org. And it's a, it's a website that is just all about this. It's all about digital citizenship and keeping kids safe online. And uh, it even reviews uh, popular kids' movies and talks about, you know, regardless of the... Uh, the MPAA rating, you know, what, what's a, a realistic rating for parents and uh, things of that nature. So just all kinds of stuff that if you're really worried about uh, what your kid's being bombarded with technologically, uh, go check it out. If you, if you got kids, it's, it's worth a look. Uh, commonsensemedia.org. All right. And I guess that wraps it up. You've already given the plug for the website. Yeah, um, yeah. Go check us out. Uh, anything else? I can't think if of If you're a Facebook else. user or a Twitter user, we're also available on those two popular social media networks, twitter.com slash thetightwadtech or facebook.com slash thetightwadtech. Uh, do a search for thetightwadtech in the web browser or web uh, search engine of your choice, and you will find us. Right. And you can actually, you can follow us individually too if you wanted to. That's true. I, I, uh, I, we've never thrown those out there, but you know, you can, if you are really savvy and you can figure it out, I'm not going to necessarily plug my Twitter. I'm uh, not hard to find. Sean is, is the only Sean Keibel in the world, apparently. Right. You, you, yes, you I am. Him. I am. Yes. 
Uh, and if they you broke search the mold, <laughs> and if you search for for Mark Cockrell, there'll be like 394 of us. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I feature near the top. And uh, you know, and the sad thing is, you're so much more interesting to follow online than I am. I, I just, I, you know, I, I, I'm slacking when it comes to all my Facebook and Twitter posts and all that kind of stuff. I've what maybe got a quarter of what Mark puts out there. So you really need to go out and look for Mark because uh, he's he's entertaining and funny all rolled up in one. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, uh, great show. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Right, we'll wrap that yeah. up. And so uh, for now, this is Mark signing off and Sean signing off. Uh, now, uh, on a serious note, though, during the show, do you, would you prefer us to call you Dr. Ribble or Mike or just so Mike we want to be respectful? I, no, Mike is fine. I I don't uh, use my title all that much. but uh, okay. I always it, said it, if I went through the time and effort and expense of getting my doctorate, I'd make my kids call me Dr. Daddy. <laughs> I tried that with my wife, and she just won't buy into Didn't it. Didn't work, huh? She just, uh, too many years, I guess. Yeah. Yay!